I got to the point where in my corporate job, I realized that I was drinking a lot. I was doing other substances. Life was not good. And it was, it was killing me. It it really was, you know, mind, body, and soul. And so I decided that I needed to either figure out a way to love the life that I was living or to live a life that I love. Hey there, my name is Kim. And this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. I am so happy you're here with me today. As I'm recording the intro to this episode, it's mid-February, and we are experiencing in Kansas City weather that is in the mid-50s. The sun is shining, I saw duck families in the creek on my walk yesterday, and I am feeling that promise of spring. Springtime is a reminder that there is beauty and change, that we don't have to stay stuck in old habits or patterns that no longer serve us. It's a moment to pause, reflect, and reconnect with our deepest aspirations in life. As the days become longer and brighter, we have an opportunity to shake off the remnants of stagnation in our lives and move into a space of growth and possibility. Let yourself be inspired by the sights and sounds of spring. Look to nature for wisdom on how to best nurture your own process of transformation. Notice the small shifts within you, from big dreams to small actions that can help take you closer to where you want to be. Overall, remember that you are capable of growth with each new day. If you open yourself up to the possibilities available in this present moment, anything is possible. With that in mind, I would like to introduce you to today's guest. I absolutely loved her energy, curiosity, creativity, And I hope she inspires you to switch things up, to get out of that stagnant place and truly live. Let me tell you about Megs Thompson. Megs is a professional work twerker, intuitive writing coach, ghostwriter, author, and publisher based in the heart of Montana. Through her businesses, Megs coaches and supports other creative, trend-setting, woo-believing badasses through the process of confidently sharing their stories without migraines, sleepless nights, or court-ordered anger management. When she isn't playing with words, Megs can be found exploring rabbit holes and fueling her slight obsession with all things true crime, coffee, cryptids, and cults. Megs was so much fun to talk to, and I hope you find this conversation uplifting. Here's Megs. Welcome to the show, Megs. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to meet you. Give me the backstory. What inspired you to leave your corporate job and just strike out on your own after two decades, right? Two decades in the corporate world. Yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'll try to summarize it because this could be its whole own podcast episode. Okay. Um, I, yeah, it had been a little over 23 years in the corporate world trying to fit into the box, the mold that is set out for, for us. And 
I always knew that I loved writing. I always knew that that was my passion. It was what I enjoyed. So I wrote for people freelance on the side. I would write everything from obituaries to nuptials to uh, dissertations, um, book reports, press releases, just anything that would make me a couple of bucks and keep me creative. And honestly, I I got to the point where in my corporate job, I realized that I was drinking a lot. I was doing other substances. Life was not good. And it was, it was killing me. It it really was, you know, mind, body, and soul. And so I decided that I needed to either figure out a way to love the life that I was living or to live a life that I loved. And so I set a goal for myself. I gave myself one year. And about 363 days later, I had started my business. I had created a website. I had quit my job. And three years later, this is this is where we're at. So I, I love the story just because I think that you hear these stories and people think that they're always getting the advice. Well, if you don't like it, stop right now, walk out. But I like that you left yourself with a little safety net, like you yes. waited till you were ready. What was it like, though, striking out on your own on day number one, knowing that you didn't have that company support for a constant paycheck and health insurance and all those things? Oh, my God. It was scary. It was so... I don't know if you allow cursing. It was scary AF. We'll say that. <laughs> um, it, uh, Yeah. The no constant paycheck, no health insurance, no paid vacation time. You know, I've always been really good at um, organizing myself and keeping myself on task and being productive. So I know that that has been a huge help in that I knew how to set up a schedule and (laughs) my, my now husband, my, he was my boyfriend at the time. He was like, so here's the thing. The worst that could happen is that it doesn't work and you have to go get another job. It's like, you're educated, you're knowledgeable, you're skilled, you're very hireable. If it doesn't work, you just go get another job. And I was like, oh God, I mean, I guess that is true. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm not going to die. I am going to be a lot healthier and happier than I was before. And if it doesn't work out, so I go get a job at Starbucks, you know, I find something. Um, But it was, oh yeah, it was scary. That's a great attitude, though, just to eliminate that fear, because fear keeps so many people from taking that leap and doing what they really want to do. Definitely. It stops everything. And and our fear so often, our fears of these crazy big things. And I feel like when we we break it down, like for me, the biggest was, well, am I going to die? No, I'm not going to die. I, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of the biggest obstacles that you had to overcome in those first couple of months of that transition? You know, the first really big one was um, my first, my business when I started, it was solely for copywriting because I realized, okay, I love writing, but if I want to get paid for writing, I need to write for people that have money, AKA business owners. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be a copywriter which it was fun. I got to work with different businesses and different industries, helping with everything from sales pages to blogs. And it was fun, but it still didn't fill my cup. I was getting to spend my time writing, but it wasn't the kind of writing I really wanted to do. So that was difficult at times to you know get myself jazzed to talk about accounting or get uh-huh. really jazzed to write about real estate. And I was like, 
it's amazing. And I'm glad that there are people that love that, but it, it didn't do it for me. <laughs> so um, I'm big on goals. I'm big on vision boards. And so I gave myself a goal that I, well, I wanted my business to succeed. I mean, that's a given, but within five years, I wanted to be able to really move into ghostwriting books, mm. which is, that's where I like big, hairy, scary dream. And I got really lucky. I stayed solid on copywriting. And within six months of starting the business, I actually was approached with two big ghostwriting opportunities. And I was like, okay, I I firmly believe that if the universe puts it in front of us right now and we say no thanks, it doesn't always come back. So I was like, okay, I guess we're transitioning into ghostwriting now. And that was great. Have never looked back and that helped a lot getting to do exactly what I wanted. Well, and it's fun because I've been able to really help business owners branch out because a book or an ebook, they can be really useful for a business as a business card, as a calling card. It gives the whole world an opportunity to get to know you as a business owner, who you are, what you offer, what makes you special without hopping on a call with you, or I call it a very low commitment option. Mm. They download the ebook, you know, maybe they invest $5 and they get to check you out and see what you're about and get a feel for you without ever having to commit to being on a call and then awkwardly saying, "Mm, I don't think it's for me. So they really get to uh, pre-qualify themselves that way. And so I've been able to work with a lot of people still on their businesses and in topics that might not super interest me, but doing something that I'm really passionate about. So it still still keeps me very, very happy. That's awesome. Talk a little bit about creativity. What can we all do to tap into our creative side more? Oh my gosh. I am a firm believer in meditation. I really am. And I, I like to explain to people when I say meditation, I don't mean, I, I, and it can be, but like going and sitting in the woods for five hours in silence. You know, if you have the opportunity to do that, knock your socks off. I don't have the time to do that as much as I might like. So for me, meditation, it just is an act of paying attention to my body, grounding, you know, feeling the floor under my feet recognizing that gravity is holding me on the earth and paying attention to my breaths and just quieting my mind and meditating daily. Doing that has really allowed me to quiet some of the the analytical and the, the technical thoughts and really, really dig back into my creative side more often and just get back in touch with what I call her, what little Megs liked to do. Um, you know, before the world started telling me I needed to go contribute to society. So I'm I'm a firm believer in meditation to help people with their creativity. Okay. I feel like this topic, the younger you topic has come up in the last three interviews that I have done. And oh, I when that. I was at PodFest last week, that one of the speakers did an exercise where he had everybody talk about what is something that you haven't done in a long time that was really fun that you want to get back to? Yes. And, you know, I, I at, on the surface, thought that was a really dumb question and I was not excited about it until I heard everybody else's answers. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Like people were saying things like build a fort, go roller skating, um, like all the things you did as a little kid. And I thought, oh, how gosh. cool is that? And then it's like, 
who said we had to stop doing those things? Like, why? Why do we stop doing those things? Yes. Yes. I, oh my God, I love that so much. I, yeah. I mean, that's one of the questions that I, uh, when I'm working with clients on their books um, or coaching them through their writing, I'll ask them a lot, you know, did you journal when you were little? Were you the kid that wanted to sit with a tape recorder and tell stories? So are you more verbal? Were you someone that wanted to draw the pictures and just illustrate? Because you can use all of those things in your writing now as an adult, as a grown up, or in your social media. I mean, if you were someone that enjoyed telling stories verbally, maybe you need to be creating in a podcasting format. Maybe you need to be looking at audiobooks. I have clients that that's how they write their book is that they pick up their iPhone and they leave themselves hours of voice notes, which they send to me, but that's how they get it out. And yeah, you know, there are others that maybe Instagram, that's their modality because they're using images. They're using pictures to tell their story. Leaning into that, mm-hmm. definitely. Tell us a little bit about what is it like to be a ghostwriter? It's so much fun. <laughs> it's so much fun. I I try to think of ways to describe it in, in few words, encapsulate it. And I mean, it really is the title, ghostwriter, because I get to come in and help form and mold and finesse and perfect your story in your words, your voice, but it's just, I'm taking over. I'm, I'm a tool that you have in your tool belt to, to put it together and finesse it and put it into a professional form and then hand it back to you. And then I just kind of go back into the ether like a ghost. I disappear. And it's such an amazing feeling. I Sometimes I feel like it's Halloween all the time or I'm a chameleon because I get to meet with a client and I get to try on their voice and I get to try on their life and their experiences and mm-hmm. tell their story in the best, most authentic way that I can so that when somebody reads it, their their spouse, their partner, their best friend, when they read it, they can't tell that it was written by somebody else. That's always my goal. And then once that's done, I I take off their mask, their voice, their life. I shake it out and I hang out in myself for a while. And then I, I go try someone else on. So it's, I feel like I get to live so many different lives and it, it's amazing. I love it. I like the way you said that. It reminds me of um, Oscar nominations and all the award nominations are coming out. And you know what I'm talking about, right? The guy that played Elvis in the Elvis movie took a lot of heat because people are like, why is he still talking? Why is he still talking like Elvis? And I think I read that there was like some psychologist that was saying like, it's actually a common thing. It's hard to get yourself out of that personality that you've taken on. Yes. Well, who was it that, um, that played the Joker? It was a similar situation where, um, I forget what it was. I forget what movie. I'm not good with pop culture, but it was very similar. When when the movie came out, they everybody was saying horrible things about how, well, oh, he should stop acting that way or doing that. I mean, when you've lived as that person for how many months or years that it takes to make a film. Yeah. So do you have a hard time getting out of their persona, just all of their thoughts out of your head when you are done with the project and it's time to move on? You know, I don't, but that's because I have done a lot of work to safeguard my own energy. And I have, I am, I mean, as you can see, I am surrounded by things that are me and mine and my personality. And so 
I also, I only work on client projects here at my desk. I, if I'm working on stuff for me, for my own writing or for fun, I can do it on my laptop in the living room or I can do it here, but I never do client projects anywhere but here. And so it's something like Pavlov's dog that I know that, okay, when I'm here, I can put on this person's voice or I can be doing this. And it feels, it's actually really cathartic at the end of the day to be like, okay, I'm giving it back. There you go. Draft delivered. I'm, I'm, it's back to you. And now I'm back to me. So <laughs> now, do you only take on stories that are positive? I'm wondering if you have things that are a little bit more negative or even morbid, if it's hard to shake that and get back into your normal. I mean, I know you said you sit at your desk, but still that what we absorb affects how we yeah. show up in the world. So do you have a hard time switching back and forth? That's one thing that I I definitely was, was, I don't want to say killing myself, but I was taxing my energy with when I first started, was trying to time block, as they say, to be productive and say, okay, from nine to 10, I'm going to work on this person's story and 10 to 11. That drove me a little crazy. I felt like I had disassociative identity disorder. There were just too many <laughs> voices in my head. Um, so now what I do is I, I go a day at a time. So during the week, um, I never take on more than two or three ghostwriting projects at a time, simply because that's where I have found that I can still give them my 100% um, and not get overwhelmed with the stories and people. Um, but I will, on Monday, I will only work on this client's project. And then Tuesday, it's only this client. And then Wednesday, I leave for myself, my own writing projects, my business stuff, and then back to it Thursday and Friday. That way I'm not giving myself whiplash going between them. Uh, with the with the darker stories, I have worked on a handful of really serious um, cases of survival, uh, situations of survival and perseverance through some absolutely horrifying experiences that no person should have to live with. It is a lot, but I I really keep in mind that the person I'm talking to, they have found the confidence that they need to share their story, that their story has value and that their voice matters and that they are there. They they are here with me on Zoom. They're alive. They are here to tell the tale. And that just remains such a strong point for me that yes, they've been through things that we don't want to we don't want to believe exist in the world, but they've survived and having that confidence and and understanding that their story matters and that they're going to help other people by sharing it, that, that helps me stay positive and focused on it. Are you looking to build a business and live life on your own terms? Look no further than the Digital Dreamer podcast. Join my daughter, Abby, and I as we discuss side hustles, building your brand, digital strategies for connecting with your audience, and selling digital products, and so much more. Get the link in the show notes or search the Digital Dreamer podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to take control of your future. That is so cool. I swear we are on the same wavelength today. I just had another conversation with somebody about your voice matters and how I feel like we need more female voices. I was talking specifically about podcasting, mm -hmm. but female voices everywhere. And, yeah. you know, just raising up the visibility of all the underrepresented people in the world. Yeah. And 
I had sent out an email yesterday and this person I was talking to got it. And she goes, I felt like it was a message sent especially for me because I was thinking I need a podcast. And I was like, yes. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love when that happens. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about why we should use our voices either in writing or podcasting or publishing that family memoir or whatever that, you know, to capture those stories. Why should we use our voices for whatever purpose? I, and I like that you brought that up because it is, I think it's, it's amazing for professional, but personal as well. And so much more so, especially as female entrepreneurs, we can try to separate them, but they, they combine, they connect. We are our business, you know, and so you can't take the personal out of it. Um, It's, I just, I think it's so important because when we look back at history and different cultures and societies, storytelling is how they learned which animals were ferocious. Storytelling is how they learned that you don't light a fire in a closed cave. You know, that's how they passed from generation to generation. This is how we survive. This is the horrible thing that we did that we shouldn't repeat. This is what's good. This is what's bad. It's how we learn lessons. It's how we evolve and how we survive. And I feel like we, we've gone away from that. And it's such an underutilized platform and and art form now, because we are so stuck in these instant gratification of technology. And I, I think back to, um, I helped care for my grandfather before he passed away. And it's been almost 10 years now. And I I was that annoying. I was his oldest grandchild, but I was the annoying one that every time I was near him, which was quite often, I was asking him to tell me stories about mm-hmm. he was in the army. He retired as a colonel. He five kids in six years. They moved all over the country. He sold real estate. He taught math. He coached football. So I, I wanted to know everything. And he would get so annoyed with me because I was asking him these stories. And then when he passed away, I started hearing stories from other people about him. And I'm like, God, I missed so many. I I didn't know any of his stories. He's still a stranger. And it's, I think we have to, we have to collect those stories. We have to share them while we're here and we have the chance. Because when we share them too, it's, especially stories of of survival and perseverance and we we all think okay well maybe my story it, it's been told it's been told by somebody else so it's boring it doesn't matter but at the same time there are people that are going to connect with parts of my story and they might be thinking the same thing that they don't need to speak up because they're boring and their story doesn't matter and so it's just another way that we can further strengthen our community as humans on our, you know, world, our earth community. Um, yeah, I, that's another one that I could go on for days about. I, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just was thinking this morning about podcasting and the, I was specifically thinking about the Kindle direct publishing where Mm -hmm. you can create something that's just for your family. Cause what are you going to do when the people that tell the stories are no longer here? Who's the keeper of a story then? So it'd be really cool to either do like a private podcast, but technology will probably change. So maybe you want to use something like a book that you create and you print it off or have them chip in and help buy for every family member. I was like, just thinking, that'd be kind of cool. Now, do you help people with the Kindle Direct Publishing too? 
or do you only ghostwrite? No. So I actually, um, my first few books, I used Amazon and KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. Um, And then my first handful of clients, I helped them go through that process as well. Then I realized that Kindle is amazing. Also, Amazon is amazing. But I realized that I wanted to be able to offer a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. as far as global reach Mm -hmm. and really getting in front of people. There are still some people that they will not use Amazon. And I mean, I get it. I personally, I'm an Amazon addict. I live in a small town. So like the UPS man here is daily. Um, So I I decided, right? I decided I wanted to be able to offer something a little bit bigger. So I actually created my own publishing company. Nice. Um, It's super fun. Um, And it's a hybrid between a traditional publishing house where you get that broader outreach but with the benefits of self-publishing where the author still maintains all Mm -hmm. rights to everything. They make their royalties. They get to choose what their cover looks like if they curse in it, where it's available. Um, But it, it does have a broader outreach around the globe and with a lot of different retailers. And so I created that this last year in July. And so now when I work with clients, they have the option. If they'd like, I can publish it under my publishing company. So they have the backing of a professional imprint and whatnot, or I can help them do it through Amazon and KDP. But I think you have an amazing point with the family stories. Um, that's, that's kind of my big goal now is that I want to be at a place in my business where I can take at least a day or two a week to donate my time and my services and my expertise to help families with collecting stories and having that book put together um, for their families to, to be able to have that to pass down to future generations that may not have gotten to know grandma or grandpa or, mm-hmm. um, you know, haven't had those interactions. Yeah. Super, super cool. You also have a series of meditations. Tell us about that. I went to a retreat with my coach last year, and she surprised the group of us saying, okay, you're all going to write and record your own meditations. I love to listen to meditations, but I'd never thought of writing one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I wrote one. It was just quick 10-minute meditation. And I wrote it for my ideal clients, the people that wanted to be more creative and bring more creativity into their lives. But didn't really know how, or they felt too tightly wound and didn't know where to start. And so I wrote this guided meditation. We went into a professional recording studio there in Nashville, recorded them. It was amazing. And I, I got the taste for it. And when I got on the flight to come home, I think I had about a three and a half hour flight. And by the time I landed in Seattle, I had sketched out um, plans for 12 more meditations And because I'm a word nerd and a journaler, I also created journals that go with each meditation. So now I have them available as um, a subscription because adults love getting mail. Come on. Um, Other than bills. It's, it's so much fun. It's, I have so much fun putting them all together. Each, each journal has, it has 30 prompts, one for each day of the month, as well as places to chart kind of your energy and how you're feeling. And then at the front, there's a QR code where you can download that month's meditation. And then the next month, you get the next one in the mail. And each one of them is focused around some aspect of 
getting back in touch with your creativity. Um, one of them is focused all around what are the things that you did before you were told that you needed to be serious and an adult? And, you know, how can you bring more of that into your life? But a super smart idea. So if somebody wants to get those meditations, how do they find them? Yes. Well, they go to my website, which is megsrights.com. And it's called Unplug, Breathe, Create is the meditation series. And I'll have that right there on my website. And I actually, I have a free mini meditation that I would love to offer your listeners. Okay. I don't know if we could put the link maybe in the show notes or something. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a mini meditation. I believe it's just about five, five to seven minutes long, but I have a few prompts included on that one as well. So it kind of gives them a little bit of taste of what the subscription is. And And how did you come up with the name? I love it. Unplug, Breathe, Create. Honestly, it was when it was one of those things where I sat for days trying to figure out what I was going to call it. I had all of them written and ready to go. I was like, what am I going to call this? And I kept overthinking it. And then one morning I woke up about 3 a.m. And I realized, okay, well, for me, meditating is it's unplugging, it's breathing, and then it's being able to create. And so I I just went with it. <laughs> any questions I have not asked you or any thoughts that you'd like to leave the audience with? Yeah, the only thing I would leave them with is, you know, do do take a few minutes and take care of yourself and and breathe, relax, and find times to create. Find those things that you enjoyed when you were younger and put them into your daily life because it, I think it makes our lives just that much more special. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course. Thank you so much. It was so fun to be here. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.